Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values. Your values become your destiny. By Mahatma Gandhi. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to another sub podcast. I'm calling this one the Values for the Common Good. And I'm glad you're here for the very first episode. I'm going to take a little longer on this episode than my planned 10 minutes for the subsequent episodes. I want to keep these short and tight and useful. And today I'm going to share a little bit about what I plan to do with this series of podcasts, especially right here during this moment of crisis, of the pandemic crisis. So before my two local library branches closed, I had, no surprise if you know me, taken out a whole bunch of books from the library. Not really a whole bunch, maybe like 20, but I guess for many people that would be a whole bunch. Anyway, one of the books that I have took out is called The Values Compass, What 101 Countries Teach Us About Purpose, Life, and Leadership by Dr. Mandeep Ray, or actually I think it's Rai, R-A-I. Now, Dr. Rai is a young woman, actually, uh, and it is said that she is a global authority on values working with companies, institutions, and individuals around the world. So her PhD, by the way, it says here in the book jacket, is in global values. Very nice, very nice. So in this book, she says that she wants to look at these countries. And the reason she wants to look at values is because, as she says on page five, values provide an anchor in an environment where the news is being manipulated, politics has become confrontational, and traditional sources of faith have dwindled. A little bit further in the page, she says, as well all seek to make, excuse me, as we all seek to make our way in a world where old certainties have eroded, an understanding of our personal values becomes more important than it has ever been. And I think that as I reflect these days of the pandemic, COVID-19, I think of the common good and how that is something that we have almost completely discarded in our own country and in other places in the world. And I think that the values that are expressed and described briefly in this book will be helpful for us, helpful for me, and hopefully hopeful for, helpful for you as well, as we seek during this time of sacrifice and challenge and crisis and need to become our best selves individually and collectively. And I think these reflective, these, these reflections and these Stories, little vignettes from all around the world, 101 different countries, to be exact, on how they live these values in their day-to-day lives, in their history, how they have lived, these commitments to being for good in the world. And that's really what the common good is all about, is how are we leaders, I think each of us is called to be a leader, how are we leaders for good in this really, really topsy-turvy world today 
But even before today, even before this virus, we had a lot of problems. Let's be honest. How do we live with integrity, with connection to others within this world? So a little bit about the book. She says, Dr. Uh, Rye says, there are a number of different values and she starts with change values. She says, these epitomize how nations and their people have shaped and responded to change. And the other values, helpfully all starting with C, are continuity, connection, communal, and core. Now, I am going to take these values in the order in which she lists them in the book. And again, I think there is a certain um, auspiciousness to that. And by that, I mean that the word that we need, the word that I need to hear at the moment in light of everything else that's going on, is going to be the word and the story and the reflection that is necessary for that particular moment. So I think it is interesting and perhaps a bit ironic that the first country she focuses on is China which obviously has been in the news quite a bit because the coronavirus, of course, originated in Wuhan, China. And we have seen very recently how quickly China really clamped down on its people and the virus. And the good news is that even though the outbreak spread very quickly, it seems to have been contained and has been declining over the last few days in China. And I think that itself is evidence of the value that Dr. Rai looks at, which is pragmatism. She says on page 14, it doesn't matter whether a cat is black or white as long as it catches mice. And she says this is attributed to the former Chinese premier, Deng Xiaoping, who uh, was in charge of the country from 1978 to 1987. And she goes on to say on page 15, the Chinese way is not to wring hands over the technicalities and the broader implications, but to take the clearest course of action to get a desired result and fast. And then she goes on to say that we've seen how China is authoritarian and how Part of its pragmatism is to crack down pretty harshly on dissent. I'm certainly old enough to remember Tiananmen Square, but even in the coronavirus outbreak, we saw them being pretty, I don't know if harsh is the right word. I certainly don't want to say draconian. We saw them being very, very focused and controlling and demanding of how their people would the country's people would act or not act, as in going out freely. And Dr. Rai says, you might very reasonably be robustly opposed to some aspects of current Chinese government policy, but in broader Chinese culture, there is something important to be learned, how pragmatism can help us all to steer a steady course in the face of change when surrounded by forces that threaten to blow us off track. My goodness, talk about um, forces that threaten to blow us off track. Today, of course, it is the coronavirus, but the 
political division that we've seen in this country, climate change and the corruption that we see and all over the place and the list could go on and on. But I think that this pragmatism is a very important one for us. And I think it gives us a focus. It tells us that in the midst of challenge, in the midst of having to do things we don't particularly want to do, we have to objectively look at the evidence, we have to look at the options, and then we have to make the choices. Choices, I really think, again, have to be always based on the common good. How are we going to choose today what is going to help the most tomorrow and the next day and the day after? I want to conclude with, I think, a good example of pragmatism right here in Ohio where I live. It's our governor, Mike DeWine, who is actually a first-term governor. He's only been in office since, I believe, the beginning of the year. Or, yeah, I think the beginning of the year, come to think of it. Well, I think Governor DeWine is definitely getting a lot of attention throughout the country because he is being pragmatic here in Ohio. On Friday, he closed all the K-12 schools. Today, this evening, he announced that restaurants and bars will not be open for seating and for dining in. And I expect that there will be other closures that he will announce. And I know he's taken some heat for it, but as we think about the need, the utmost urgency for social distancing and the utmost urgency for flattening the curve, so to speak, of the spikes in the disease and its transmission, he is doing the right thing. I don't like it that everything is closed. I don't like it that I have to socially isolate. At the same time, I know there is a greater good. There is a common good. And therefore, I can be pragmatic about the situation that we face. Well, dear listener, a little over 10 minutes here, but I will wrap up by asking you, what does pragmatism mean for you? How have you been pragmatic as you have gone about your day-to-day life in this new reality of the coronavirus, COVID-19? And how can you help others to be pragmatic as well? This is Rick. Thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace. Thank you.